the song says, I have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Thank you, Jesus. It's interesting because that song, that song actually ties directly into a, a verse I dropped into this, this morning. I was thinking about this idea of redeemed, what it is to be purchased, what it is to be saved from something. And I just want to read that scripture in your hearing, if you would just pay, be patient with me for a moment. It's found in 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18, and it reads thus, For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by traditions from your fathers. That's not how you were redeemed. You were not redeemed by silver and gold. And the scripture declares that these things are corruptible. Yes. Meaning they're not good enough for the job that they were putting forward. It's not good enough to redeem your soul. It's not good enough. Let me keep reading and I'll dive into a bit more. Verse 19. But with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb, without blemish and without spot. Thank you, Lord. Verse 20. Who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. Thank you. The plan was in, the big pla was in place from the beginning. The plan was in place before he made the earth. But he didn't reveal it until you needed it. Ah, glory to God. He never revealed it for Moses. He never had it. He saw it coming, but he didn't reveal it for him. But it is revealed for you. Who was verily foreordained, verse 20, before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. Who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory. That your faith, why did he raise him back up? Why did he die? Why did he raise him back up? It was for your faith. <laughs> Glory to God. All that suffering, all that hurt, all that pain, why? For your faith. You want to know why you just about squeaked by? Because he died and your faith was restored. Let me, I'm going to go ahead of myself here. Who by, by him do believe in God that raised him from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God. Seeing ye have purified your soul in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. What is your salvation supposed to create in you? Pure love for each other. That's what it's that's supposed to be the manifestation of it. That's supposed to be the thing that makes it obvious who you are. In fact, Jesus says to his disciples, they're going to recognize you. But it's not going to be because of the way you dress. <laughs> it's not going to be because of the accent you have. It's not because of your cultural history. It's not because of the language you speak. It's because of the love you have for each other. The Spirit should be encouraging a certain kind of love in you. Um, let me go back in here. Seeing you have purified your soul in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that ye love one another with a pure heart, fervently, this is the verse I'm getting to, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, 
by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. Verse 24, for all flesh is grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass, that grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which died the gospel is preached unto you. May the Lord add a blessing to your word. Please take your seats. Man, this idea of being born again, born into the kingdom, I've been going over it repeatedly. I'm going to make sure you get this. You should be able to get this in your sleep by the time I'm finished about it. You should wake out of a sleep saying, I'm born again. <laughs> you should wake out of your sleep knowing with confidence. I don't care what happens else in your life, make sure you know I'm born again. <laughs> Jesus said to, to Nicodemus in St. John chapter 3, unless you are born again, you won't even see the kingdom. Why am I this hepped up about this? Because you won't see the king, you won't see anything about what the Lord has for you if you're not born again. That to me is as serious as it gets. Like I am not willing to risk anything to miss out on being born again. So every single time I go at this, this think about this as the preserving of your soul. Me, I'm assuming we're going on a voyage on the sea and I want to make sure you're strong swimmers just in case the worst happens. This is making sure just in case the worst happens, I'm good. Amen. So the scripture here tells us that we are born by the word. And I've used lots of metaphors, lots of examples to show exactly how you're born again. I've used the caterpillar to butterfly analogy. <laughs> I've used the seed in the ground analogy. I've used the tadpole to the frog analogy. I've used everything. And you know what I realized I hadn't used yet? The actual literal born analogy. The one that the scripture's kind of throwing right in your face. So I said, well, I'm gonna have to go back at this again because I wanna make sure we don't miss anything here. As I said, this is our souls. This is our very reason why we are here. So the scripture starts off in 1 Peter by saying the way you were redeemed, the way you were saved, the way you were purchased wasn't anything to do with gold or silver. We think of being purchased and think of our purchasing power in terms of the money we have. We think of the money we have as the power we have. Uh, but he's saying to you something very important about the nature of your own purchasing power. Your own power isn't anything like his power. Like your power is fundamentally corruptible. <laughs> what does it mean by that? It means it's not trustworthy, lasting, it's not helpful because it will, you think, you, like we work for an awful, we all work really hard in here. And at the end of the month, the question you've got to ask yourself is, is the work I've put in equal to what I got at the end of the month? And every single one of us will know that it isn't enough. I did all the work and all I did was work just enough to work again. Like I'm looking at, I'm thinking about the way I work and retire. I'm saying, Lord, I'm going to need a whole bunch more if I'm ever going to stop working. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I should have been saving more earlier. I should have started when I was 25. I'm now in my 40s. Is it too late? Lord, help me. Why? Because the money you have is corruptible. The truth is, you, I, don't, I haven't been in this country as long as you, obviously, as long as you. But do you remember when it was a dollar of gas? Does anybody here remember when it was a dollar? 
for gas. When I got here, it was 109. I think it was just about 109. We haven't seen that. If that gas was 109, that would take care of about 25% of the problems I have right now. But money's corruptible, it changes. It doesn't stay the same. So the thing it could buy yesterday, it can't even buy it today. They tell us that we should be a millionaire. A millionaire in the 80s would have been fine. A millionaire in 2023, I'm not sure it's as much as you think it is. A millionaire in the 80s, I'd have been set. You don't have to worry about nothing. Million base basically, basically buys you a house. That's it. You are out of money at that point. <laughs> Glory to God. Mon money doesn't stretch like it did because it's corruptible. I was looking at the price. He says, you're not priced. The, the scripture goes on and says, I think it's verse 18. You're not purchased with gold or silver. That's not, and I was thinking, man, gold or silver, that's, isn't that, that's been valuable the whole time, right? Surely that's good enough. Gold, I've been doing my research on, I'm not very good at chemistry, but I found out a few things about gold and silver, and the platinum's in this class as well. They're called noble metals, noble metals. You probably remember this from your chemistry classes, but they're a little bit different to iron. It's not, it's not steel. It's not like iron or steel or any other metal. Like gold, if you were to drop a piece of gold in the ocean and come back in 50 years, if you drop 50 grams of gold, come back 50 years later, it's still 50 grams of gold. Like gold doesn't go anywhere. Gold is, once you've got it, it's good. You do that to a piece of iron, that iron is gone in three days. It's rusted, it's useless, it's not very good. But gold lasts forever. But you know what I realized about the price of gold? <laughs> I went and did some research here. In 1980, the price of gold was $2,500 an ounce. By the time 2000 came up, it was down to $400 an ounce. I'm saying, wait a minute, isn't it the same gold? The same gold that if I dropped it in the ocean, I take it straight back out. How has it dropped over a 20 year period? And I'm realizing even gold, even silver, these noble metals that don't change, that don't, you can't do anything to gold, but heat it up and cool it down. That's it. You've got nothing else you can really do to it. It's almost indestructible. But the scripture says, compared to the price of your soul, even gold is completely corruptible. You can make it so that gold's not worth it compared to what you are worth. So, if all of the things that amount to value for you, power for you, strength for you are corruptible, how then can you be redeemed? How can you be purchased? How can you be saved if the very notion of money doesn't work for us? And the scripture says, you're purchased by the blood of the Lamb. Everything else failed, everything else went up, everything else went down, but the blood of Jesus, power never went anywhere. It was the blood that they used to purchase you. What cost the life? If the only thing that you can purchase with a life, it's not money, it has to be another life. What does the lifeblood of Jesus represent? His life for your life. Hallelujah, glory to God.
you have to understand that the precious blood of Jesus is what purchased you. Uh, but you didn't just get purchased just to be. You get purchased to be something else, to be something new. This is where this born again keeps coming back and keeps popping back up in. You're not just purchased just to be just yourself. You're purchased in him, for him, and by him. You are something new. Amen. Glory to God. Let me keep reading here. Verse, uh, can you just read verse, uh, verse uh, 17 for me? And if ye call on the Father, who without respect of persons judges according to every man's work, yes. that's the time of your sojourning here, excuse me, here in fear. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things. He couldn't afford for the thing he purchased for you, somebody to come back and say, that's not worth the value it is. I don't know if you've ever looked at the stock market. It's so, it's so nerve-wracking. You can't look at it one day. You can't look at it every day. Don't do that. If you purchase some stock, what's the biggest company around here? Chase, maybe? Um, Intel's coming soon. You look at the price of Intel stock, and you say, oh, it's $100 a stock today. The very next day, it could be 77. Meanwhile, your heart, if you're looking at that, you're, you're saying, well, that's a third of my whole value gone. <laughs> it's not reliable. The thing I thought I could purchase yesterday has now miraculously disappeared. Because the purchase value isn't actually the value. And so what we need then is a reliable way to purchase that is already from the foundation of the earth and lasts till now. Something that will never be devalued. Something that doesn't go down in price. Something that always maintains its power. And the only thing that could happen that would do that is the blood of Jesus. What I love about this scripture, it says that the, that the blood of Jesus was the price paid. And that this was the plan from the very foundation of the earth. Could you find that where it says that? Verse, uh, uh, verse 20. Who? Yes. Verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. You know what I realized about being thoughtful means? It's about the idea of before you, sh before you show up, I've put serious consideration. If I'm gonna prepare a meal, the last thing you want to do is show up at my, my, my house and I'm just now breaking the eggs. Like that, you're gonna to say to yourself, you didn't plan this, did you? Like, you, you, you probably even make a suggestion, let's go ahead and just get some takeout because you're not ready or prepared for this. You want me to have thought about this for the last three days. You want to know that I've actually been seasoning this meat for about 24 to 48 hours. You want to know that, hey, this guy has, he put the meat, I saw how he, the salad's all prepared, beautiful. You don't want to see me rushing, just now seasoning meat just as you arrive. It's too late. The longer I've taken over it, the more you know I care, right? If I'm, if I'm seasoning meat, he says, we're going to meet next month, and I'm starting to season the meat now. That lets you know, I'm prepared. I'm ready for when you come. Jesus didn't just think about the solution to your problem, just as the problem was manifesting. Man, he was thinking about the problem before you were here. The scripture says he wasn't even thinking about it before your parents were coming, and that would have been, man, that's way ahead of what I need. 
if you get me before the parents come, that's way ahead of what I need. Thank you very much. He said, no, 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 I'm not going to do it then. I'm going to do it before the earth is formed. I'm going to figure out solutions to problems that don't yet exist. <laughs> now you know how much care he's put into your love for you, that he's thinking about the solution. <laughs> Glory to God. Let's read that out for me, verse 20 again. <coughs> was foreordained yep. before the foundation of the world, Man before the foundation but was manifest in these last times. He planned it, didn't show anybody, didn't show anybody. I'm not going to show you the surprise until you get here. I'm going to talk about it a little bit. I'm going to let my prophets know. Let them tell you it's coming. But I'm not showing you anything until Jesus comes. And then that will be the solution to the problems that you have. This is love. Um, if I, let me break it down like this. I know what I realized early in my marriage is my, my wife, as long as I think about the gift, like put thought into it, doesn't matter how small it is. I remember I brought her a little dolphin. It cost me about $3. And she still has that, it was about 25 years ago, 28 years ago now. She still has that dolphin in the house. Cost me about $3. She loved it. Why? Not because it was worth a thousand, but because I put thought into it. I told her why I bought this particular dolphin. That's love. That's what she recognized as love. That taught me something right there. That made me realize something right there. But that's what the Lord has done for you. I want you to know how much he loves you. As he thought about the humanity of us, he thought, I'm going to solve what the humanity is going to create. Ah, glory to God. That's the kind of love we have. All right. Let's keep reading out, sir. Who verily was ordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. Yes. Who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead yep. and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God. You're, you're, the reason why we have Jesus is that we have faith and hope in, in the Lord himself. Let's keep reading. I want to get down to verse 23. Let's keep going. Seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit, unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. So now that you've got to this position, your responsibility is to love each other. Yes. You know what I love when we have folks come here what I love is the love we pour out on people. I love seeing that so much. I saw it there a few weeks ago and the weeks after that. I said, I love us doing that. Just being loving on people. That's our purpose. That's supposed to be inspired in you. The reason why is because the Lord's spirit is in you. And if his purpose was to love you, when he comes in, his spirit comes in you, you're supposed to have that same purpose. That same mind that in him is now supposed to be in you. Let's keep going, sir, to verse 23. This is where I need to get to. Being born again. Yeah. Not of corruptible. So I'm going to make you, I'm going to redeem you, I'm going to make you born again, but I'm not going to do it with gold and silver. Unreliable. Cost goes up, cost goes down. It, we, we don't know, we can't rely on it. The price it was yesterday is not the price it was today. Being born again, not of corruptible seed. Yeah. But of incorruptible. And how are we going to do this? By the word. By the of God. word of God. We've gone back to this metaphor. Being born again. 
And I told you I haven't used it correct. I mean, I've used other metaphors to kind of think about this. Um, but the one that was used is being born. To be born, to be born, just like a child is born. <laughs> but there's a difference between the child when the child's in the womb and when the child actually gets out of the womb. Lots of huge differences. For example, they have never used their lungs not once when they're in the womb. <clears throat> it's not how they breathe. They get their oxygen all through the umbilical cord. But, and they're in complete darkness. They don't use their eyes. They may use their ears a little bit, but they're not hearing distinct things. Uh, but the first thing that happens, to let you know that the birth is about to happen, what happens? What is the first thing that happens? <laughs> that, uh, it should be water. We should see water breaking. <laughs> I didn't want to go that far back. <laughs> Glory to God. But the first thing you should realize when this, about, when this birth is about to happen is the water breaking. That's the first thing. It's, there's water here. <laughs> there's some water going on here. Ah, birth is imminent. Get you to the hospital right now. Let's get you out of here. It's imminent, there's no doubt. It's about to happen. Why? Because there's water. <laughs> That's why Jesus says you've got to be born of the water and of the spirit. <laughs> so immediately now we start to realize actually this baptism thing makes sense for birth. I am, this is what I love. This one person said this to me and I've never forgotten it. A baptism is a prayer with your whole body. It's your whole body involved in the prayer. That's why you go completely under because you're saying to the Lord, I am yours and whatever comes out, it's completely yours. I'm dropping off whatever I was before this and the only thing on the other side is yours. Like, I'm not allowed to take any of me through the water. Look at what the baby does. First of all, the first thing you do when the baby comes out is cut the umbilical cord. You cannot go any further connected to the old way. You can't feed yourself like that anymore. You can't breathe like that anymore. Why? Because now you're born. What were you before you were born? In darkness. Didn't know how to see. You are stuck in one place. And until you come forth, you can't hear, see, you can't feed yourself. There's other indicators here because pain, childbirth is painful. Right? But you're not the one being asked to endure the pain. That's the job of the cross. Thanks be to God, none of us remember not one thing about it. Because he was bearing all the burden of you coming forth. So you come out of the womb. Right? You come out of the womb. You've never breathed before. Here's the thing you didn't even know though. You were snug as a bug in a rug. You didn't know nothing about nothing. And the, as soon as you are born now, we encourage you to breathe for yourself. That's what salvation is. You finally breathing. You coming to life. You being born. We bury you in baptism. And you come out. And the first thing you're doing is breathing in spiritual air. 
The way you ate before, you can't even eat like that now. The things you relied on to sustain you are no longer appropriate. We go a little bit squirrely if somebody's breastfeeding for too long. Like, can you imagine what it would be if you, if you were still connected to the umbilical cord? People would lose their entire mind. It's, it's time to grow up. It's time to get to a new level. What does it say in Corinthians? If anybody's in Christ Jesus, he is a... That means you don't eat like you used to eat. <laughs> that, ch that child in the womb has never chewed anything, has never yes, swallowed well, anything, well, come on, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. has never digested anything. The mother did it all for him. But as soon as he's born, there's a transformation and a change. Ah, glory to God. You've got to understand what it is to be born again, is to, to eat different, talk different, walk different, learn different. Jesus says to his disciples, this is what he talked about, kingdom mindset, being born into kingdom. He said, if you want to be the greatest among you, you've got to be the servant. Servant. They were all, all the disciples were trying to figure out who's going to be the greatest. Who's going to be in charge? Who's going to be the boss? Who's going to be the one to tell everybody else what to do? And they were all clamoring for and hopeful for that it would be them. And Jesus turned the whole thing on its head. He basically said to them, oh, you want to be the one in charge? You be the servant. Like, you were hoping in your pre-birth mindset that I would be the one being fed. Like, the mom's job is to digest everything, eat everything, and in fact, um, my understanding is that um, you sometimes have this des strong desire for a particular food types, as weird as they may be. And you have this desire for these food types. And that's a signal from the one inside you that I need something that you haven't supplied yet. And it is the mother's job to go find it, satisfy that urge, and move on. <laughs> but here Jesus is saying it's the other way around when you're born. Your job is to go find the food and feed somebody else. But you're holding on to the womb mindset. You're holding on to the old mindset. You're trying to hold on to the way it was. And Jesus is saying, I need you to be born again. Yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Read, read verse, verse 23 again for me. Being born again, yep. not of corruptible seed. I don't want you to be born again and just be the same thing you were before. There's going to be something different about you. Because the price that's being used to pay for you isn't the thing that is womb-bound, it's the thing that is freedom-bound. Yeah, 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 <laughs> uh, keep reading that out. Be, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Let me go off a little bit here. Sometimes I think we, real, we think, with the pain of childbirth, uh, one thing that they, they encourage you to do is it's best not to be alone. Have somebody helping you. That's the first thing. The other thing they tell you to do is push. Keep going. Keep pushing. And I'll mess with the metaphor just a little bit here. But it's important to realize some of the things we're going through is to help us get away from old. And there's two things I want to encourage you to do when you're trying to get away from the old mindset to the new kingdom mindset is don't do it alone. Have somebody helping you. Like get somebody in your corner who's with you. Somebody who's going to push with you. And, and push too. 
Like, the thing is, it's gonna take, res resistance is always going to be there. Meaning to say, it's not always going to be easy. And one of the things we do with problems is we say, if it's, a, if it's so difficult, it's probably not meant for me. Mm, I'm gonna resist that. I'm gonna say sometimes the best things for you require the most work, require you to push, require you to keep on moving, require you to keep on struggling. Some of the best things you get are only come on the other side of struggle. So keep pushing. When Paul and Silas were in, in, in prison, the scripture says they prayed and praised. That's all they did. That was the push. Don't stop pushing, don't stop praising. Don't stop, pull, don't stop pulling for the Lord, don't stop moving for the Lord, don't stop. Hallelujah, glory to God. Let's keep going to verse 23 again, sir. Being born of God, be, excuse me, being born again, not yeah. of a corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Yeah, keep going. For all flesh is grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. Grass withereth, the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. So the word of the Lord is, is creating this environment for you to be a new creature. Meaning I need to be familiar with it. In fact, I need to absorb it and pull it in. One of the things that are important about births is that um, the, 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 the uh, head of the child comes first. It's one of the first things they try to do. Turn this child. We don't want the legs coming out first. We want the head coming out first. We want, let me break this out a little bit. We want to change the mind first before the, the birth is a changing of the mind first. I'm not worried about what the body's doing right now because the birth needs to impact the mind. The rebirth is the same way. The baptism is the same way. You need to come out head first. This needs to be a a decision of the mind. You need to push on through. Imagine now you're all sitting here and none of you, you all are looking attentive just to be very clear. But imagine I'm looking into your face and the thing you're thinking about is somewhere else. Your body's here, but your mind's somewhere else. You've come in with a problem and you are out there thinking about the problem. That's being born the wrong way. You're trying to come out, the, I don't need your body here, I need your mind here. Yes, yes, yes. It's your mind that needs to be reborn. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Some of us don't realize that we've made our birth so much more difficult because we're coming out the wrong way. It's your mind that needs to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Scripture says to be transformed, but it needs the mind first. <laughs> It is the mind that is going to be changed over. It's going to be transformed. It's going to be made new. And whatever the mind does, the body's just going to go ahead and follow. It's just going to follow it out. Go body first, everything is resisting. When you go body first, every, you grab an ankle, wrong thing. Now the other leg's stuck in the way. <laughs> Everything's coming out wrong when you try to go body first. It's your mind that the Lord needs to change. Amen? Just read that over for me again, sir. But the word of the Lord, verse 25, 
Yes, sir. Endureth forever. Yeah. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. <laughs> You're being born again yes, sir. Yes, sir. by the word, not by corruptible things. So what else happens when you are born? You're finally out. But there's one thing that's connecting you back to your mother. That umbilical cord. Ah, first thing they do, try to cut that umbilical cord. That old way of you. You know what I think about, I realize, is what this kind of represents in this new birth way, is that you thinking about your emotions as the thing that leads you. Like, you want, you want your emotions to be the, like, if somebody says something to me, I'm going right back at them. I'm going to get them because my emotions are driving me. Like, I cannot even think about how I'm going to fix this situation yet because my emotions are telling me, let's get them first. Let's get them back first and then we'll see if we can fix. That's old mindset. You are feeding right into your emotion center. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? You, you, you are feeding the body first. You are feeding the emotions first. You want to be angry because it's time to be angry. I get it. I'm the same way. But they cut the umbilical cord because that's no longer the way you feed yourself. You don't feed yourself through your emotion. There's a new way to start feeding and it's through the mouth. Through the word that comes. <laughs> It's a new way of thinking. If Jesus tells me I've got to love my enemy, uh, I'm going to love my enemy. As frustrating as it sounds, that's what I'm going to try to do. <laughs> Lord's telling me, man, you know what? You've got to forgive somebody um, so many times, seven. Oh, gosh, is that really it? I want to still be fed through my umbilical cord because I want to give them the business when I'm feeling this angry. But I've got to cut that old me. I can't, be, I can't feed that way anymore. I can't feed my body that way. This new birth requires me to be fed a completely different way. If you're trying to think how you can walk the old path and the new path, it doesn't make sense. You can't reconnect that umbilical cord. You can't sit in your mother's womb again. That life is over. It's everything new because you are a new creature. Everything is new. Everything is new. Now I've got to learn a whole language? What do you mean I've got to learn language? What's that got to... I was in the womb happy, doing nothing. Everything was being fed to me. I was warm. I was... I didn't even worry about clothes. Clothes for what? I'm in a womb. Now I've got to learn language. I've got to get on with people. I've got to go to a nursery. I've got to do all kinds of things. Why? Because I'm on a new level. I can't desire that old thing that was old, dark, lonely. Nothing about that was good. Thanks be to God, I don't remember not one second of it. But thanks be to God who causes me to triumph because I have a new life. I'm open, my eyes are open. There's no way back for me. I'm going forward in his name. Read that verse for me one more time. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. Thank you, Jesus. So now I want you to rethink now what we learned about when the children of Israel were leaving Egypt, 
when the children of Israel were leaving Egypt, they were being birthed. God was creating a new people from the people that were in darkness. Right? They were in that darkness and they needed to go through the water to get out. They had to break that wall. That's what that, that's what that uh, Red Sea was doing, was breaking the water, getting you through. And what did they say when they got halfway? The minister, the elder preached it a few weeks ago. They started to say, did you bring us out here to die? They wanted to go back. And the Spirit of the Lord said, no, I'm not going to let you go back. I'm going to go around to the back and push you forward. It's time to move forward. There's nothing for you in Egypt but death. It's going to be frightening, it's going to be painful, it's going to be new. But have a guess what? You have to move forward. You have to know that I'm going to be with you always. You have to know that the Lord is going to be with you. I want you to understand something about this nature of being born. It's completely different to the old. It's not supposed to be the same. Everything's supposed to be new. How you move and how you breathe and how you have your being, it's supposed to be new. Lean into the new. There's so much more to the new. There was nothing for you in the old way. <laughs> but darkness, that was it. There was nothing for you there. But I give thanks to the Lord Jesus for giving us something new. May the Lord add a blessing to you, love his word.